0: My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, We shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on the way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was the neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. The last few weeks have presented more opportunities than usual for me to be with people outside the ages of 18 to 24 in a variety of contexts and engagements whether they were a funeral repast, a wedding reception, testimonials, or just even casual get-togethers with family and friends. And I'm so used to hearing different causes of anxiety and even depression from college students that I have to admit that it's a bit disconcerting, hearing how those feelings seem widespread outside that age demographic that I'm used to ministering on a daily basis. I don't know how many conversations that I've had over the last few weeks had phrases like, Things can't get any worse out there. I don't ever remember a time when things seem to be spinning out of control to the extent that they are right now. Or we've hit rock bottom, or at least I hope so. Those sentiments kind of verify things that I've been seeing online a great deal, but often dismissed as most of what we see on social media, we need to take with a grain of salt. There's an old saying that comes to mind that goes, there are no atheists in foxholes. Well, I found that even the individual with the most lukewarm of faith seems to be crying out to God these days that that we're living in. For example, a friend of mine from high school shared online this video of these women viciously attacking workers at a fast food restaurant in New York City when they were told that the cost of something was actually a seventy-five more than they thought. Seriously, it looked like a riot was going to break out as they jumped the counter, were throwing things at the employees, knocked over a whole bunch of things in this restaurant and made a complete scene. This individual who shared this video online in the past had made all kinds of snarky comments about people who believe in God and religion in general simply posted this video with the word saying god help us there are no atheists in foxholes there's sadly no shortage of things that are unnerving people and breeding these feelings of anxiety is it an increase of crime where we've seen recent examples of violence and death and shootings on the 4th of July whether in Philadelphia at two police officers or outside of Chicago at the Fourth of July Parade. Is it trying to navigate just all the economic uncertainties that we're experiencing? I shared with my brothers my own stupidity about that with gas prices. For the first time in my life, I ran out of gas on Route 46 at 5 p.m. on Friday as I was en route to a gas station that was only two miles away that was 25 cents less a gallon than I than I've been seeing everywhere else and I thought I had more than enough to get there so I can relate to people who are feeling frustrated by all that. Is it just the ongoing culture and societal wars where you're being bullied and labeled all kinds of things for saying that there are only two genders or that life begins at conception? Is it the ongoing war in Ukraine or all kinds of tensions that we're seeing from around the world like in Europe with the Dutch and German and Italian farmers protesting, the assassination of the former Prime Minister of Japan on Friday. There just seems to be no end to the bad news that after people are done blaming everyone and everything, we're simply united wanting something or someone to stop it. We're the lukewarm and the faithful person are united saying, God help us. In his goodness, he always does. These things that we're experiencing that trouble us are not God punishing us, nor are they signs that God has abandoned us. But he does treat us with the respect of being his own, made in his image and likeness, And he expects us to act in that manner. And that's what really resonates in that first reading today from Deuteronomy. We hear this address from Moses to the people. It's coming near the end of Moses' life on earth. And having been blessed with encountering God and being in communion with him face to face for 40 years. And being charged to lead God's people to the, the promised land. We hear a piece of what will be Moses' final words to his people. And those words transcend time and space. If only you would heed the voice of the Lord your God. If only. The desires for peace and for justice and for relief and for order, that's never going to come about by us doing whatever it is that we like, Whenever it is we feel like it, whether that we is defined as nations or governments or church leaders or even just us as collective individuals, and all those desires are good ones. But the only way that we can say that something is good is by recognizing that there are objective truths, that there are rights and wrongs, and that God desires what is good, what promotes life. But just even saying those things are being deemed controversial by many loud and angry voices in our world today. We're being told constantly, do what's right for you. And who are you to tell me what's right or wrong? Heck, we still have people screaming about what life is, what constitutes as living, as if it's something up for negotiation and none of anyone else's business. Like the Jews, first hearing Moses speaking to them at a perilous time of their history over 3,000 years ago, speaking to a crowd that was experiencing fear and anxiety and worry on a whole host of issues, the advice that Moses gives hasn't changed for us. Keep his commandments and statutes. Return to the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul." Now, to be sure, that's not an easy thing to do, even for the most faithful of people with knowledge of those commands. Not to throw them under the bus, but our friend Moses, who's the one speaking those words from Scripture today, would find himself failing in some significant ways when it came to listening and following all that God had told him. In fact, it's the result of him failing in this regard that's going to prevent him from ever making it to the promised land himself. The people will, but they're going to do that without Moses. The best that he will experience is that the Lord allows them to have a glimpse of that land before his death. But notice that Moses doesn't turn bitter about that. He's not sulking. He's not claiming it's not fair. He's not pointing out how much he's been faithful in comparison to the people that he's had to leave who failed time and time again arguing that if anyone should get to go to the promised land it should be him rather than the people there's none of that deflection or justification that we could hear others or sometimes even ourselves argue as we navigate our lives through these difficult times now Moses recognizes that the predicament that he's in That he's near death and he's not going to get to the fulfillment of the hopes and dreams of the entire people of god at that moment that that was his fault had he just listened and followed what god had said but he reflects on that not in anger or in bitterness but in truth because he knows the truth god is good god is loving and has provided and cared intimately for his creation including moses even right in the midst of his failures. That's why what he's saying is not a threat, but it's sage advice that this father in faith is passing down. If only you would heed the voice of the Lord your God. Keep his commandments with all your heart and soul. Jesus masterfully expands on that in one of the most popular gospel parables of this good Samaritan. It's tempting, particularly in our day and age, as we think back to all the things that trouble and disturb us, to engage in some sort of a character association game where we try to imagine who the characters might be in our day and age. Who fails so spectacular and caring and telling ourselves that we're either the hero or the victim? So, for example, the oil companies are the priest that's walking past the beaten down consumer. The clueless politician is the Levite who crosses the street to pretend he doesn't hear or see the pain that his constituent is experiencing. And then telling ourselves that any act of kindness, anything decent that we do, or even fulfilling the most basic of expectations, somehow makes us the Good Samaritan. But that misses the point completely. The reality is that this nameless scholar of the law is meant to be all of us. Notice that he has knowledge of God's law. He's learned and heard enough by now to know what it is that God expects. He has the answer already ready for Jesus. And even more, he recognizes something of authority in Jesus that he's going to him in the first place. The problem that this scholar of the law has is that as he's navigating his way through the world of his day and age, as he sees and hears and experiences things that understandably are frightening and angering him and disturbing him. He's tempted or perhaps he's even committed acts that continue that downward spiral for people. Whether it's a racist thought that he has towards people different from him, whether it's the Romans or the Samaritans, or maybe he's being self-righteous where he has these thoughts that he's a better Jew than all the other groups of Jews at that time. Whatever it is, St. Luke captures how Jesus sees the heart and gets to the heart of the matter. The scholar comes looking to justify himself. That's very different than coming before God, recognizing the things that do fear and disturb and trouble, and saying, Lord, things are a mess. How have I contributed to it? And what do I do to make it better? Like the scholar of the law, we come with no shortage of things that are in our hearts and minds that can weigh us down from the world, from our nation, from our church, even from our families and our own lives. Like the scholar of the law, we're blessed with knowledge of God's law and his commands and an awareness of Jesus' authority. And God in his love and his mercy rejoices in all those realities that we do come to him, that we do share with him all that troubles and unsettles us. But this place isn't meant to be a, a complaint department or customer feedback line, where we're meant to just drop off our issues, lodge our grievances, and then go out back into the world doing our own thing. We're not even meant to hear, be here to affirm ourselves and our goodness in the midst of a screwed-up national world. We're not here to justify ourselves, but rather to have our hearts and our minds reordered to make sure that we're being justified by God. Recognizing that only when each of us allows that to happen that we can start to address all that is wrong in this world, in this time and place and space, in the place where we have the most responsibility and the greatest potential of helping to turn things around. And that's within ourselves. If only you would heed the voice of the Lord your God, keep his commands and statutes, return to the Lord with all your heart and all your soul.